Hello everyone, this is Sarisha and I host the Women Career and Life podcast. Just like you, I've traversed varied paths, stumbled a little, picked myself up and learned a great deal on my journey. Many of us face similar questions, but we don't always get to have a conversation with our friends or peers. In this podcast, you will hear real stories that you can connect with on the challenges of navigating career and life. You must be wondering who I am. In my everyday life, I'm a career woman, a mom, and an avid reader. I'm also a road tripper, amateur gardener, and even a fashionista on some days. Join me and my guests as we have an open and honest discussion on career change, trade-offs, and working across boundaries. You get the idea. It's a perspective you simply may not hear anywhere else. We are kicking off a new season called Let's Talk About Money. I have a brother and sister, Shravana Kancharla and Sai Kancharla, joining us today, the second of our two-part episode. It's very exciting because I've seen them both when they came first time to the U.S. and seen them grow into young adults in different phases of their life. You both stay together. Are your financial outlooks very similar? And what do you learn from each other? On from a very basic level, we have similar philosophies is to try and save as much and keep the expenses to a minimum. We don't really share finances. Although we live together, we, we keep them separate. When you're thinking of long term, you've done your first big investment. Are you looking at 401ks? How do you start thinking of retirement? For me, I have 401ks. I have stock that my company provided. Those are long-term retirement. And I don't get to choose how they invest. We have an investment company looking after those. When I think about long-term, that's more of a safety net. It's not something I rely on or look at regularly. For me, I like doing my own investment. Right now, I'm a big proponent of the stock, at least investing for yourself, learning about the market. Number one, saving, just having capital on hand. And two is investing it correctly. 2020, 2021 is a great bull market. If you talk about long term, for me, it's a mix of the stock market investment in great companies. And what I'm looking forward to next, apart from my home, is investment properties. They could be rentals or they could be just empty land in places that I think would grow. For me, retirement is in more on my end than relying on a 401k. I like taking an active role in retirement, or at least thinking about the future. You've done a lot of research and you've done a lot of reading, which is fabulous because you've thought of all the different avenues that people are learning from land versus properties versus 401k or even the market itself. So you've covered all the bases, which fits your profile and it's very personal tolerance and what they want to do. It may not be his investing plan, but what about you? Yeah, it's pretty much the same approach is I do have a 401k and then stocks with the company as well. I do max out my 401k and then our company matches to a certain percentage. So I have that. And then stocks. The past couple of months, I've been thinking about investing a lot more just because of how the market has, has been doing. And that's something that I want to learn more of this year and do more of personally. Maybe start off small and see what the returns look like and how comfortable I am with that. But that's something I definitely want to dabble in more this year, just because it's crazy to see the amount of returns that people have gotten the past two years, just actively investing in the stock market. So that's something I want to do as like a long-term plan and keep building that. So you've also given it thought and planning to do a lot of the learning. Anything you still want to share from a financial perspective or just your journey, figuring out your path to where you are now as you look to the future? 
I've been here since 2008. I graduated I, around 2013, worked for a few years. Then I did my master's, but I truly believe my real financial no, journey started 2018 once I started working here in Austin. And I, since then, I've become more active. Earlier, I was more passive. I truly uh, believe savings, number one. Even if you don't invest, you need to save. I think that's a huge safety net. Having cash on hand or savings on hand is pretty important just because you never know when an opportunity comes. It could be in any format. So I think that's been my way of hand, thinking about future investments. But I, for everyone, it's very different. It's very personal what risk they choose. But for me, I'm in my early 30s. I'm less risk averse. I'm okay with a little risk. That might change maybe 10 years down the line. It's a personal journey as I learn more. It changes over time. That's really good advice. By no means are we giving financial advice here. I just want to be clear to whoever's listening. Not financial planners, not advisors. We are just talking about money just to feel comfortable with having that conversation with family, with friends, because how else are you going to learn? We don't necessarily learn at school. Sometimes some of us have conversations at home growing up with our parents, but not always. It is just a place to go and learn and find someone to have that conversation. Could be a professional, could be your friend, could be your brother, could be your sister. Who do you have that? It's really about getting comfortable. That's why it's them saying, let's talk about money for no other reason than we don't talk about it. It becomes a taboo subject very often. The one thing I missed is negotiations. If I had someone, a cousin or someone coming here, I'd probably have a talk about negotiations because when I got my first job, they asked me what my salary expectations were. I was dumbfounded. I hadn't done any market research. I didn't know what to say. I, I know I lowballed myself at that point, but negotiations are important. That's one thing I did learn. Pretty late, I would look at what the market's paying. I think negotiations are important. When you get that call from HR, I think you need to be ready on what you're trying to ask for. Thank you so much for saying that. I am just blown away by your honesty about talking about it because negotiation is very hard to do. Yeah. Um, even when you prepare for it and do your market research and advocating for yourself. For me, that is the hardest part. I think of is finding your voice, no matter whether you're having a career conversation or even asking for negotiation. And when I've had those, they have been quite uncomfortable conversations. At work right. and how do you approach it? How do you prepare for it? So there's, I think it's a thought because that is stuff you leave on the table. Yeah, it adds up over the years. Um, right. Compound interest, right? Compound interest works in so many ways. It's how much you save and how much you invest. It is how much your salary growth is. It's all of those things. And when they talk about wage gap, we all might be paid equal to men. It's hard to tell. But just surveys show that, what, 82 cents to a dollar versus male wage gap. And I was just watching someone talk about it today and how much that compounds. And so no differently, negotiation is part of that equation. Even for yourself, if you're negotiating or not, you, you could potentially leave that. And to your point, you want to be paid to what the market is getting paid. Uh, yeah, I think it's important, especially if you plan to stay at a company for a longer period of time, what you get paid your first year is important. Unless you change roles, it's a standard, what, 3%, 5%, I don't know what different companies do it. But uh, yeah, if you plan to stay for a while, I think your first year, really have to negotiate. I actually have a story about that ties in both of the things that you guys mentioned. To your point, what you had mentioned, Trisha, about people not talking about money in general, and then also about lowballing someone, is I had a, a colleague on my team who got laid off and he'd been working there for 20 years. So he joined in as a new grad, so he didn't really have a say and his salary just grew. And he was interviewing at this company and HR asked him, what's like a base salary that you're looking for? 
And he had no clue. So he said, can I actually get back to you in a couple of days? And since he'd been in the industry for 20 years, and you don't really have that conversation with anyone at work, right, on your team. That's not really a conversation that you have. So he went and talked to people that were doing the same thing that he was. He's a hardware design engineer. And he went and talked around and he realized that, A, he was being lowballed where he was working for 20 years. And then he found a base salary that he was comfortable with. And his friend said, you should give them a ballpark figure. Give them a figure that you think is an insane amount, where you think they're going to laugh at you, but then come back to you with a figure that's much lower. It's like, okay, cool. I've never done this before. So he went and gave HR a ridiculous figure. And they came back and they said, okay. They didn't negotiate. He got this ridiculous figure. And it kind of ties in is that you people need to talk about these things just so everyone gets a share of the pie and don't lowball yourself. Yeah. That's a great ending. I'm so happy that he got and what he deserved. And it must have been shocking for him, first of all, when he was realized he was yeah, being called. Me. He called me and he was shocked. And he said, I pulled this ridiculous move off and it worked. Exactly. And that is fantastic because it's a learning process for so many people. So I have a friend. And she worked at a company and she realized she was probably not being compensated. She moved companies, some really high percentage, she got a raise, which she was really happy with. But I don't think everyone negotiates when they get a high raise necessarily, which brings it to the other point. So what can happen in this case, she got a great pay. She accepted it. But what she also found out, like a few months later, someone else who got hired into a similar role was making a significant amount more than her. I don't think it bothered her so much because, you know, the difference from hers, but I think it's still leaving money on the table to our conversation. It's it's not about whether you want it. It's do you want to leave it there and then wonder about it. So I think doing the market research is important, figuring out how to negotiate, talking to friends if that's possible and making sure you're compensated. There was a LinkedIn post I saw the other day. It was from a HR recruiter who said someone interviewed the job paid like maybe 120k. She said the person asked for 85, so gave her 85. So it it depends what you ask for. So it's something that all of us have to be cognizant and think about. None of us talk about salary and stuff at work or not at home either so much. That's one component of it. But I think the other part of it is going back to our initial conversation. When you come here, you say, what do you do with your credit cards? What do you do with, should I buy it? house. It's all personal decisions, but you still have to ask questions and gather all the information so that then you can make an informed decision what is right for you. But unless you have a conversation, how do you even make a decision? Because sometimes you don't have the opportunity to revise the decision, especially for some of the big ones. Once you lock it in, it's locked at least for a significant amount of time, unless you can retract it, like, you know, a job or a house down payment or a when you're looking at your interest rate, you can revise it if the interest rate is going down. But then some big financial decisions that happen that there's not a do-over, at least not quick enough to go and redo that. Anything else you wanted to share, Shravana? Since I gave his final thoughts, once I started my first job, I don't think I'd say I have regrets, but I wish I had a more active role with my money and how I invested it. But I think it's also a function of again, not having those conversations with people is if I had friends or like family that I could talk to about at that stage. And if someone brings up that conversation, I think that would have probably started a thought back then. And then of of having a more active role in investing my money rather than just relying on my 401k and 
things like that. Better late than never, but I think that's one thing I would probably say is to have a more active role in your finances and investing it because it makes more sense to have it work for you than just like sitting there and the banks and here really don't give you any amount of interest that, that makes any sense. But that is such an apt statement. Another example, we have IRA accounts, retirement, there are different investment vehicles. So a friend who came here in her mid-20s, I think she said she only found out in her mid-30s about it. There was 10 years that she could have been doing something just because there was no way to learn. Because we don't talk about it. Are you having financial conversations with anybody, both of you, or with each other or with friends? Don't forget to subscribe to my Substack newsletter. The links are in the show notes. If you're looking to partner with me for keynote speaking on women leadership, financial independence, or graduate school and beyond, check out my website and reach out to me. Stay tuned in and listen to the rest of the podcast. Thanks for listening. We deal with close friends, people we grew up with from Fiji. We're pretty open. And, and since we grew up as kids, we're much more open than we'd be with somebody we've met recently. But we talk about salaries, investments, goals, in some cases, where we want to be. We're pretty open. And you're not talking about someone who learned about the IRA 30. I was no different. I found out from the second friend of ours too about the IRA when she was opening her, she told us about it. So yeah, yeah, we do have these conversations and there's another one. I think it's called a HSA. I didn't even know that existed. That's when she opened one. And they're more, I think we've started having them more the last two years, I want to say. Exactly. Since 2020. But yeah, yeah, I constantly learn like IRA, HSA, I'm, there must be other accounts that I don't know about. And that's really good. And what triggered it to be in 2020? The, the bull market, everyone's talking about stocks. Everyone's trading from home. And whatever the reason is, people are more vested in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And once you have that opening conversation about, have you seen this company? You know, it, that's probably where it starts, but you get more open about through group chats and things. Like, at least for us, that's how it started. I don't know for other folks. The stock market of 2020, where everyone working from home had the chance to sit in front of a laptop and do things on the side and invest on the side. We've already been talking about investing with our friends and things yes. like that. But I think that kind of snowballed it even further where we were talking about very specifics. Did you buy this company? Yeah, I did. I bought it at this price or, or we sold it at this price. Or in a way, look out for each other and say, hey, have you heard of this or have you heard of that? Or if you're not doing this or if you're not doing that, you should look into it. But it, yeah, you have to have that conversation because you... One person doesn't know everything and you need a group of people to be able to like pull in things that you don't really have a radar for. I'm very happy to hear that. I do it with some friends, but I don't know if we all do it. I'm just glad you guys are doing it and getting actually an early head start. You may think, oh, it's been a few years, but actually it, it, it's really good that you're already having that conversation. You're way ahead in figuring out what you want to do. So this is the final question I ask everybody I interview. It's, it's an open-ended question. What advice would you give your 21-year-old self for the future about career and life? What you plan to do after college is pretty important. The first job's very important. It's because it sets a tempo of what you'll do going forward. Of course, you can switch careers. It's much easier to do that now than ever before. I would say the last, I think your senior year is a good time to start thinking about what you want to do and working on interview preps and deciding which career you want, which if you're doing electrical engineering, you have 10 different kinds of professions within it that you could choose. You're trying to be certain about 
what exactly you want to do in that field rather than taking a job that was given to you. For me, it's being in your last year of college, it's about what exactly you want to do the next 40. If you're wrong, you can always switch. But I think it's a good time to start getting serious. Maybe from a career perspective is going back to college is does matter how well you do in college. At least I think at like a grad school level is people do pay attention to your resume and your GPA. Our group at work is hiring and I just got pulled into interviewing certain people. And it's surprising the amount of emphasis we do look at their college GPA and how well they did, even if they do have work experience. So taking college seriously. And I think another thing that personally resonates with me is probably just networking and talking to people. That's how I got my first internship was through a career fair. Is Although it was a career fair, I think it was just me being very personable with the guy who I was talking to. Turns out his daughter was going to the same school that I was going to. So we just had a very free conversation about what I was doing in school in general. And I didn't feel like I was being interviewed. And I walked away from that booth not feeling like... It was like, okay, I had a good conversation with this guy, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. And turns out that's the only place I got a call back from. So just networking. And also when I started working at this company, I was in one position for a certain year, but then I'd made a bunch of friends and like talked to a lot of people. And this job opened up on the team that was adjacent to me. And usually it's not a move that a manager would do is to come and ask me if I want to take that role because it's we're sister teams and there's like etiquette to that but it worked out just because I knew them so personally and like I had a big networking group so I found out about it and she was comfortable enough to talk to me about it things like that so I think networking really helps I know it sounds cliched if I could change my answer I would say networking is very (laughs) important yeah a lot of opportunities open up when you network especially if you're looking for a career change for us if we have a lot of friends from school at the same industry but job openings people will tell you hey I have a job opening yeah totally networking and it sounds difficult too depending on your personality but a, a small amount of it I believe is necessary apart from just being good at school I would say the next biggest factor that's played a, a good role in my like work life has been just just making friends along the way it's not that hard getting involved in things at work as well like different activities or different groups and just the more faces I think it really helps because just the amount of opportunities I've got to participate in things because someone knew me from oh I talked to you a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about this or someone else told me about you and I wanted to get in touch with you about if you could help me with this or things like that I love your answer I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Call it networking, call it information, call it just working with us, as you called it, as many faces as you. I could not agree more. It's expanding it. It's also about finding the next role or part of that is that. But I think it just gives you such an expansive scope, all the opportunities are there. And then you get to pick and choose. It goes to something that Sai said in the beginning, being intentional about your first job. Now, even as you're making the move, it's much more intentional because not just the outside facade that you're seeing, but something more deep about the job or the personality, all the intricacies to make a more conscious decision as you're doing it. The other reason that it excites me is the first season I did was called returning to work after a break. Some of that. Yeah. And when I did the season recap, that was the first thing I said. This, everything you have to remember is to network and network. So it's not to think about it as networking. I, I think mm-hmm. I said it right. It's about information gathering or just talking to people. Okay. Just about having a conversation. Just saying hi to someone and introducing yourself is good enough. I like calling it being involved. Just 
it, it doesn't have to be about you. When you go to events, just getting involved in an event, it doesn't matter. You see something going on, just go say hi. That doesn't always work for me, but I think that's a good way of just getting to know people. It doesn't have to be through the intention of knowing people, but if you get involved in events and organizations, it's something that comes up, happens organically instead of being forced. Organically, yeah. Doing this to meet somebody, no, you're getting involved, you're participating in activities. You might make friends along. That's the best way, right? Now, it's something that you're doing not for the sake of knowing somebody, yeah. but because you enjoy it and you already have a common ground to start a friendship yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. That builds on the friendship. And I think that's what you were saying. Your opportunities came because of friendships you developed and people also saw your professionalism on the side. So it was a combination of the two that they felt good about coming and asking you, saying, hey, I know you can do a really good job. Do you want this? It's yeah. something we've talked about. Thank you so much. This has been fun. I know we started to talk about money, but I think it's expanded to a lot more. But that's what it is, right? Money is not just money. It's all of the other parts of life that tie together. And yeah. it's about growing ourselves and all the relationships we build. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah thanks for having fun. us. Yeah, this is fun. I, I don't think I've thought about all of this in one go. So it's been good. As we wrap up the second of our two-part episode with Shravana and Sai Kancharla, the key takeaways, food for thought from this episode are make sure you invest in your retirement at work or if you're self-employed so that you get the company match and you're prepared for the future. Look at other investment options and we will go into this in the future episodes. Make sure you are having conversations with family and friends about finances and outlook because you will learn so much information. Many of us have found out about HSA and IRAs through those conversations. So keep the dialogue open. When you're stepping away from college and starting to look into the future, your GPA is very critical to set you up for success, but also some of the things that would enable that success is trying to think of what avenues of work you would like to get into, starting to network. And even once you get into work, to build those relationships and get to know people. So not only do you make friends, but you also learn about opportunities that are there and start exploring what that would look like for you as well. One of the critical things we talked about, if you go and remember the story, when you start taking a job offer, be it your first job or your 10th job, Make sure you negotiate. Negotiate what you are worth, not what you were paid in your previous job. And go in with the different aspects of negotiating. We will talk about this in future episodes. And there's a lot of information out there for you to go ahead and get prepared on how to negotiate for your best offer. Life is a journey. Finance is a big part of it, but they all intersect together. So I hope you walk with us through this journey and tune in to listen to future episodes as we talk to other guests and experts on this series on Let's Talk About Money. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tune in every other Wednesday to catch the next episode. If you think a friend may benefit from this, please share this podcast with them. All the resources we talked about are also available on my website, womencareerandlife.com. Please like, subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. I would love to hear from you about your stories and your journey. You can reach me on my blog, Twitter, Instagram or Gmail at Women, Career and Life. Until next time, this is Sarisha signing off. Remember, there are infinite possibilities to drive change in career and life. Which will you choose to make a reality today?